it's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. Here is Twin Peaks. Monday Night Football on the way. Adam Hill is the company. Steve Cofield. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. And Mateo's helping out here at the set. Um, big talk down here uh, for folks in northern Nevada is what's uh, happening with the UNLV coaching search. It's been very quiet from the school. I think rightly so. Adam says they should probably work with the media a little bit, at least real media sources to control narrative and shatter. Um, the rumor mill is completely out of control, as is the case at most spots because of social media and folks who claim to be experts. Yeah, I was just having a convo with someone real quick about Ed Orgeron, who, I don't know, some barstool pod or something said that someone reported that he was a leading candidate. Um, and then I saw people reacting to, like a reporter in Utah reacted to Orgeron in Las Vegas and was like, oh, this is the best bad idea ever. I asked why the person didn't answer yet. But I just wanted to discuss it for a second. Do you believe Orgeron is going to coach again? Can he be a head coach again? Somebody will do it. Yeah. I think he should be a coach. I think he needed a little time away. And the story I just linked out that uh, I think ESPN had done, I think SI did a long one too. It was it was pretty incredible how out of control he got. Like kind of just losing sight of the mission at hand. Like he really enjoyed the fame. No, I don't think he lost sight of the mission at all. Well, his mission, <laughs> unfortunately, his mission wasn't football. <laughs> no. It was uh, getting the ladies eyes, in the, eyes ba- on Baton, the prize. Baton Rouge area. Because you remember, he, uh, he split with his wife, and then all of a sudden, he got all you know jacked up, and he's like, someone's, I think he was, he was filming himself running. No, may, you know, maybe that was just like a, I can't remember who, how the, someone got the video, and he's, you know, he's running, and, you know, I'm sure breathing all weird because of his weird voice, and, but, uh, but he had lost a bunch of weight, and, you know, he's a national champion, he's a big star, and apparently he just ran roughshod over Baton Rouge and every, everywhere else he could. Yeah, he went full wilt. And I think he kind of admitted it, he, he was laughing about, yeah, he was laughing at the Arkansas Touchdown Club. I think he appeared a week after Gruden did, right? Those were two big interviews back-to-back, and Orgeron kind of laughed about the fact that he got fired and had a buyout of $17 million and was like, oh, I mean, okay, where's the money? I think he, I, he, he, he's a coach at heart. Yeah, I think so. And I think he could be a good head coach. Um, would this place be the match? I don't know. We've discussed this in the past with, like, you know, guys like Bob Huggins, right? Huggy might be able to, I don't know what he does now, but, you know, back in the day might be able to throw back a few. Maybe this wasn't the perfect place to come. Well, I, I mean, I... Like, Vegas is a special place. Um, I don't think it takes that much discipline to live here, but, you know, no, I think everyone's I, different. And I actually think it's a better place for, quote-unquote, I don't... Issues isn't the right thing. Like, if you have vices, it's the best place to be because we, we don't care. Like cool. Let's. That's yeah. what we. That's but, what we do. We're but good. You can't manage it because you have a perfect case on the Raiders. Actually, I have multiple cases now. Yeah, yeah. A couple different guys. You know, like in, Crosby, and Crosby, and Waller have turned their lives around and in the belly of the beast. Like if you had, if you had told someone, hey, you know those. If you knew their problems well in advance, because Waller's really weren't that publicized before he came to the Raiders. It's like, hey, Vegas is going to be a disaster. Maybe not. Maybe because it's so front and center, you got to stay freaking focused. Yeah, and if you got to stay disciplined. And if you want to do those things, you can do them pretty low key because there's a lot going on. Unlike in Baton Rouge, if you're running around and whatever, sleeping with whoever you want who may or not be married to important people on campus, uh, that's very public. There's no nowhere to really hide there. 
Here you can kind of blend in a little bit. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. So on the scoreboard, USA Soccer got wiped out. Was it a mixed result? Were they in the game? Or was this just top-class team kind of shaming the USA team? Uh, I I don't think it was shaming at all. Uh, You know, Netherlands was very, just very lethal with their precision in terms of when when they attacked and they just absorbed pressure. And it was a it was a bad matchup, I think, for the U.S. Uh, because they are not great uh, around the goal, and Netherlands as is as good as it gets. And they were able to You're just saying absorb. the U.S. is not great defensively around the no, goal. No, no, they can't finish. Or yeah, exactly. And Netherlands is as good as it gets defensively, so they could absorb pressure all day and just wait for the chance to counter and. A couple of things went very wrong for the U.S. They had the first great chance of the game, and it just barely didn't go in. It, it, it was a Pulisic chance that got saved. It just deflected at the last second. That goes in. It's one nothing U.S. They can play a little bit of a different game, and maybe things are different. Uh, Netherlands absorbs pressure. They finally score, and it kind of deflated the U.S. a little bit, but then they rallied. They came back. They fought, and I think... The, one of the biggest problems of the whole game was getting within a minute or two of overtime or of, of halftime and kind of feeling like, all right, one nothing. Okay, we had a lot of chances. Let's go in. We're good. And they took their foot off the gas pedal for the last two minutes of the first half and gave up another goal. And being 2 nothing instead of one nothing was obviously massive, just huge. And then you saw when... They got it to 2-1. They got kind of a fluky goal, a little deflection in front of the net. They had a couple of minutes where there was, you know, a chance, but that's what Netherlands got into. Okay, we got to go and take care of this, and they were able to get another one. So, look, if the U.S. was ahead, I think Netherlands would have changed how they played and maybe been able to find that goal. But, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to absorb pressure and the U.S. couldn't find a finish really put Netherlands in a great position in that game. But I think – the U.S. got what they wanted out of this in terms of making the knockout round, getting those guys on a stage of this is what it's going to be like, these are the kind of teams you have to play against, this is how you're going to have to focus for every single second of a 90-minute match. The, the When people talk about soccer being boring, first of all, it's infuriating to me, uh, but the fact that at any second of the game, everything can completely change. And there's no timeouts, there's no stoppages, there's no, you know, there's no commercial to regroup or think about it. It could change at any second. And it did. On like two occasions of that game, everything changed on one second. And that's what that's what makes soccer so great. But it's also the lessons they learned of, hey, this is what it's gonna take to win a knockout stage game because for the last three years, it hasn't been about twenty twenty two, it's been about been about twenty twenty six. That's when the team is gonna be ready. And they got that experience. They saw what they need. They still need to find a, a striker for sure. But they've got they've got everything in place that they need in four years when these guys are not 22 and 23. They're 26 and 27 to compete. I, I hate so much of what you just said. Okay. I hate the all about 2026 thing. I, I hate it. Because I also think it, te- it have, seeps in. It, first it, of all, I mean, haven't, how many times have we said on the show, like, oh, this, you know, it's about next year for this team. Or, oh, they're building up for next year. I don't, like, I don't like it because I think it creeped into players' heads. I mean, I, there are players 
Like you, you talk to McKinney, not you, but they, they'd interview McKinney, and he would just talk about how proud he was. We're really young. Stop saying you're young. All right, you're here. You're here. Play. Okay. Play. Sure. I don't want to. I don't want to hear did. about you're young because I think it's diminished expectations in our own mind. And you mentioned the best point. It's all about 2026. There's no striker. Where? Why can't we develop some dangerous strikers? What well, is the problem? That more than any other position, that's a position where players of the ideal body type are playing different sports. And, and that's not always the case. A, na- a nation of 350 million people, the entire body type pool for a striker in soccer, depleted. Come on. Yeah. Stop. Yes. So give me the body type. Are you sure? Yeah, it's it's more. It's you. Is it's it somewhere a, between? It's somewhere between. Five, how how tall is Messi? Five four and six two, and between one fifty and two ten. No, it's, it's more strength. You, you need a, you need a strong okay, guy. So it's a big front. guy. So Messi's an outlier. Yeah, yeah. well, he's, and, and he's more creative. He's not he's not really a pure. So it's a, so it's a better. Josie it's a Al- guy that can. It's a better Josie Altador. Josie Altador was the body type, the stronger guy. Right, that can, right, but so, also a taller guy that can go up and get headers. So right every front. every six one one ninety guy in a nation of three hundred fifty million people, we we just don't they they don't we, they they just can't be developed for soccer. I, come on, You're playing corner. Oh, stop. Playing running back, playing point guard, yeah. playing volleyball. Play, like yeah. stop. Yeah, they're, they're shooting guards and and they're and they're, and they're yes. You know you're being ridiculous. Yes, that's what they're doing. So they they need to find one. I think they 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 can. They have time. For this cycle, but and look, I don't. I think there's a lot of issues with Burhalter too. But um, I, they need a striker, and they need seasoning. They need development. They're they're too young. And I'm glad. By the way, I'm glad that they played this team and didn't didn't go play a bunch of 27, 28, 29 year olds. Like they could have done that, and maybe even better. Yeah. But I I, I'm fine, I like I'm fine that with they that. sent just, a young I, team to develop for next time. I'm fine with that. I just don't have a lot of confidence that all about 2026 20, is going to work out if you don't develop. Guys who are dangerous up front and who can finish. Number three. Massive game tonight for the Golden Knights. I wonder how fired up Bruce Cassidy is to go against a team that Bruins are off to an awesome start, but they dumped the guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's not the kind of guy that's gonna say it. I think he might after the game or he might in a private moment, but um it absolutely is uh is very you know, these are we talked about the Raiders, right? We talked about, you know, before the game, they heard Keenan Allen's comments, and they said, okay, yeah, whatever. We're not going to talk about it. But every single player cared. Every single player heard it. They were angry about it. They were fired up about it. And they saved it for after the game to talk about it. And I don't know that Bruce Cassidy would just, if they won this game, would come out and, you know, do a victory lap and, you know, spike on them or anything like that. But I'm sure it's very personal. It means something. Just like when Jack Eichel goes back to Buffalo and, uh, when, when those things happen. So uh, it matters, and it matters to the players, and I'm sure that they want to go out and and win for him, even if he's not saying publicly that it's for him. I'm sure when you know when he leaves the locker room and the players are just kind of standing back there and talking, uh, I'm sure that it's something they talk about. Go get one for Bruce. Number two. By the way, that came 90 seconds in, one nothing. Golden Knights on top. Paul Cotter with the goal. He's been kind of nice. Yeah, and uh, first line. First line start tonight for Paul Cotter because Jack Eichel is out. And, uh, yeah, there it is right there, Paul Cotter. Uh, minute 37 into the game. 
Uh, so good good goal for him. But yeah, Jack Eichel being out uh, opened up an opportunity for Cotter, and he takes advantage early. Number two. Chargers defense stinks. I'm glad the Raiders took advantage of it. 177 from Devontae Adams, 144 on the ground from Josh Jacobs. But my God, at every level, it ain't good. And I don't know what the problem is. Because I know they're down some personnel, but give me a break. Come on, Staley. You're a defensive guy. What is happening here? It's, I mean, it's not good. And obviously, their massive investment in the offseason and J.C. Jackson and thinking that would be the thing that fixed everything. And uh, you know, J.C. Jackson did nothing yesterday. And Bosa was quiet yesterday. They did, oh, it didn't play. Uh, I was like, where are you going with this? Yeah. Um, that, that's huge. Obviously, that's a, that's a massive loss to the team because – you know, they thought those guys in particular were going to be anchors of their defense that they'd be able to build around. Uh, but, yeah, I I think that they still need to figure it out. Like, that's what you have to do. That's the NFL. You have to expect guys are missing. Now, when potentially two of your best three defensive players are not there, it does make it very difficult. But you've got to, fi- you've got to find a way. You've got to figure it out. And the fact that they haven't been able to stop the run at all is troubling. And, you know, they can't block anybody. They can't stop the run. That's kind of difficult. Number one. Well, one of the top stories today is the Raiders, I think, getting screwed. The NFL actually double screwed Vegas. We'll explain it a little more in depth around 435, but Las Vegas Bowl has now had to be moved back on December 17th because the Raiders and Pats got flexed out of Sunday Night Football. The NFL does a number on both organizations and Vegas. Up next, more Raiders, and we'll get into the Niners Wow, Jimmy G, down with a broken foot. A very interesting job became available yesterday, and maybe, just maybe, Baker Mayfield is the person to fill it. They have a Super Bowl defense, unimaginably good skill position players at every level of your offense, great offensive line, brilliant play caller. Is it possible that Mayfield and his agent are trying to get him to San Francisco? It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. A team with Super Bowl aspirations coveting Baker Mayfield. Is it possible that is one of the dumbest things ever said on Sports Talk Radio? Yes, but Greeny's also a traffic cop to get discussion going, so kind of understand what he's doing there. 2-0 right now, Vegas Golden Knights. Marshy with a goal, so 2-0 at Boston. About eight minutes into the game. All right, let's talk to a Niners expert and see if there's anything to Baker Mayfield, what exactly happened with Jimmy G. Uh, we know who Brock Purdy is, but if you guys don't, he's going to tell us about him. Damian Barling, KHTK in Sacramento, a Niners station is up with us. What's up, buddy? Steve, how you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing okay because we got some stuff to talk about with the Raiders, which you know is, is weird. They're 5-7, and seven and people here are feeling good. I, I don't know how Niners fans are feeling right now, but uh, – Boy, Jimmy G going down is just devastating. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. Um, Jimmy G, you know, the conversation is today was really like, is it possible? And I was really trying to kind of tone this down a little bit because people think with Jimmy, you know, Kyle never asked him to do very much. Like the number one thing with Jimmy Garoppolo was don't throw interception. Like just just play control. Don't make mistakes. Don't put that defense in bad situation and over you know the four it's a now five game win streak but over the over the previous four games it's pretty much exactly what he had done he wasn't throwing the ball for 350 yards four touchdowns he wasn't doing stuff like that he was going for 200 he was 
inter, you know, t- touchdowns here, but he wasn't he wasn't turning the ball over. And because because Kyle asked so little of him, there are a lot of 49er fans that think Brock Purdy can walk into this situation and quite honestly do what he did yesterday. Like he played pretty well yesterday. And when you look at his stat line, he had a Jimmy Garoppolo type game yesterday. But I think the stakes are going to be a little bit different. Like I was saying yesterday, he didn't even have the chance to get nervous. He didn't even have the chance to to really feel anything because all of a sudden Jimmy goes down and it's like, yo, I got to go be the quarterback, and you run out there. Now you've got a week of meetings. You've already had media. You've got a team preparing for you now, and so the stakes are going to be a little bit different. Yeah, I think that's the big one, teams preparing for you for sure. But let's just start with, and sorry if you haven't seen the report. I just saw it on Twitter that it may not be a Liz Frank injury. Is there is there any hope that he might not miss the season? Yeah, yeah. I, I so I, I started to see that towards the end of our show today, and everything I'm reading is still it's the season. Um, but it you know it's it, the, the fact that it's not a Liz Frank injury could mean um, his return is quicker, his rehab isn't as difficult. Uh, but I haven't read anything about him not still being out for the season. Okay. So going forward with Brock Purdy and see how this plays out. I also saw the speculation, hey, guys are coming back quicker from torn ACLs now. Are we rolling out Trey Lance too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to Trey, Lance, to Trey Lance is not coming back. For no other reason than they, they're not going to do that to him. Right. He's way, way too valuable for their future. To, to try to rush back or, or, or to try to get him back in a pinch because of the, you know, because of what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, they're, 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 that's absolutely not something they can do. He'll he'll be back next year. He'll be the starting quarterback next year. Uh, but no, he, he he could be doing high hurdles in in in, in week fifteen, and they're not going to put him under center. So we got to see Brock Purdy uh, here in town against UNLV with uh, Iowa State. We got to see him here at the East-West Shrine game. I actually got to see him make an appearance in, of all places, believe it or not, in uh, Newport Beach, California, because a bar there ran a promotion for Mr. Irrelevant. So we're very familiar <laughs> with him. But but you've been around him in the NFL. You've been watching him here uh, developing, and you yeah. saw him play yesterday. So tell the uh, Vegas and, and Reno audience, especially Reno, where a lot of Niners fans reside, who Brock Purdy is and how he's looked so far. I mean, he's a composed quarterback. Like he, he, here's the thing. Like, if you can really dumb this playbook down, or not the playbook, but if you could really, you know, just go to him and say, "Hey, we, we want you to do what Jimmy did. You've got playmakers out there. Throw the ball three yards. Throw the ball to four yards because Debo can get you twenty. Christian McCaffrey can get you thirty-five. Brandon Ayuk is capable of of of, of getting you fifteen yards after the catch. All of these guys are capable of taking three-yard passes and turning them into something big." Like that's great. Like I mean, and that would be a truly like successful formula for the San Francisco 49ers. We've seen Brock Purdy quarterback before for for this team for a talented 49ers team, and it didn't really work well. Like the the the, the, the when Jimmy Garoppolo went out, I don't think it was last year, the year before, and Nick Mullins wound up going out too. So. Here came again the third string quarterback Brock Purdy, and it it wasn't good. Like huh. no matter how much, no matter how much you know talent you have on the offensive end, no matter how much you know throw the ball three yards, let these other guys take off. There's still a like a presence to being a quarterback, 
there's still a you know there's still timing issues there's there's still learning your offensive line there's still all of those things that have to happen and i'm just not of the belief that is as talented as this offensive group is that not just Brock Purdy but any third string quarterback can walk in there and do it now you know i heard the greeny clip as you guys were coming back and i'm, I'm sure at some point you were going to bring up baker mayfield i don't think that's kyle shanahan style like if the 40 if this works if the 49ers make it in the, you know, expectation is NFC Championship Super Bowl because of this defense. Like, if they make it, it's probably going to be because of Brock Purdy and not Baker Mayfield. I don't think Kyle and John Lynch are going to roll the dice on Baker Mayfield because I don't think they have any idea what they can get from him. With Brock Purdy, I think they feel like they can get a Jimmy Garoppolo-like performance from him, which is all they're asking. What is the ceiling for this team? Well, Sunday morning, I would have said the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, I don't know what it is today. I, I honest to God don't. I mean, I, I think Kyle Shanahan is a really, really good coach. Um, I think he's a, a brilliant play caller who gets the most out of his talent. But again, like Jimmy was your backup quarterback. This is your third string quarterback. If you get to the Super Bowl with your third-string quarterback, you know, put the man in the Hall of Fame now because who's done that? And this defense is incredible. We saw it against Miami. Like, that was a huge performance for their defense against Tua Tonga Bailoa in the Miami Dolphins. And we saw Tua look as uncomposed as he has, if that's a word, all year. And it's because of Eric Armstead and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and, like, the the – like that team, that that defensive unit is they're untouchable. But you still need something from your offense. Like they're not gonna hold teams to zero. And I just I don't know what you can get from Brock Purdy. This team's still going to the playoffs. Maybe they can they can win playoff games but or, or a playoff game, but I've I, I really felt like the forty ers and the Cowboys were the two best teams in the NFC. And it's tough to repeat that statement with your third string quarterback going forward. So the Niners are going to the playoffs. The Raiders probably need to win every game to go to the playoffs. Can the Niners keep the Raiders out of the playoffs by beating them in Vegas? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was looking at the Raiders' schedule yesterday, and, uh, you know, after they wrapped up that win, and it's like, oh, okay. It's obviously doable. It probably boils down to whether you believe in, you know, former 49ers offensive coordinator Robert Sala, whether you believe in the Jets and, you know what do you what, what do you think of the bottom of the AFC? Um, for me, this Raiders team has has been. I mean, they're as talented roster wise as any offense out there, but they've been so frustrating to watch for me. I, that Raider strand isn't good enough for me to get high off of this win streak. Like I need I need to see more from them, and that was a good win for them yesterday. And the fact that they've strung together a couple of good wins. That's great. They're, they're just now starting to perform like I thought they would in week one. It's, it's hard for me to believe that this team makes the playoffs, but that, only because I think they'll, they'll need a, they're not in complete control and they'll need quite a bit of help along the way. I guess the defense is encouraging. <laughs> sure, that's a word. It's encouraging. <laughs> I mean, it, it, <laughs> Okay, it's not it's not terrible. I mean, 
this, the good thing about them is I don't. they're not a disaster defensively, so your offense can do enough. And it goes back to just believing that their offense should be bar for bar as talented as you know, the top offenses in the league with Devontae Adams, some of the ridiculous stat lines that he's put up this year. And you guys, you know, after, you know, talking to you guys now for, for, for two or three years, I love Josh Jacobs. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I feel like it might be too little too late. Damien, on short notice, we really appreciate you uh, stepping up for us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I guess get through these next couple of weeks, so through the unknown until you find out who the quarterback may be. Well, I guess you know, I guess we could talk New Year's Eve and figure out what this game means for each of these teams when the 49ers and the Raiders play each other. We will do it. Mark it down. You'll be getting a text or a call from us, okay? Look forward to it, fellas. Appreciate you guys. There he is. A longtime guest, Damian Barling, KHTK in Sacramento. That is a Niners station. I mean, how the hell do you even – he's right. Like, he just – he just paused there. It's like, how do you even make a prediction on the Niners right now? Is it Purdy? Are they going to, like, pull some weirdness out of retirement and call Phil Rivers? I mean, pray that the Colts will be nice and just throw them at Ryan. Like, what the hell? I do love how many people yesterday were like, oh, they look fine. Again, how many times have we had to do this yeah. with quarterbacks who are who they don't have tape on, who they're not prepared for, that play well? Like, oh, and then after the, you watch tape, not to say he's not good, but very often it's easier to perform under those circumstances. Battleborn Sports Hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyer 766-1400. When you have two losses and you're sitting there on the outside, on the bubble, at the end of the day, this was rewarding TCU for a regular season win against what is now the Big 12 champions. And Ohio State's two wins against Notre Dame and a top 10 team in Penn State that trumps Alabama's best wins at Texas and Mississippi State. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on here, Twin Peaks, Saints, and Buccaneers coming up. But you got VGK on right now against Boston, out to a real good start. Adam Hill, Cofield, again, John Von Tobel, VSIN, gambling expert. Look back, look ahead, start looking at some of the bowl lines. He's coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, Heather Dinich on the final four, the CFP in college football. Uh, Adam and JVT will hit on the opening numbers on that. But first, we do have to get to what the NFL did to the state of Nevada because, you know, the money coming in helps all of us here. Flexing week 15, Patriots, Raiders back to move the Giants. Who I don't Do you have access to DVOA and where the Giants are ranked? Yeah. PFF has the Giants as, believe it or not, as a number thirty team in the NFL. That sounds about right. I mean, look look at their they numbers. Stink. Well, so do the sports books. Look at their numbers every week. Yep. The Giants and the Redskins in on PFF is no, team number thirty against team nineteen. What? I'm not saying the Raiders Why and you... Patriots are like freaking world beaters. Well, you're calling the Giants. That's irrelevant to this conversation. Okay. What what two words are before the Giants? I know. I know. And we are. Those of us in the state of Nevada and in the West in general, we are fed this dreck from New York all the time. I'm a Jets fan, and I get annoyed when I hear Jets talk on National Sports Talk Radio. It's stupid. And the Giants are even worse than the Jets. This game being flexed is so dumb for the Commanders and the Giants. So in the end, what it affects, Adam, is Raiders and Pats will now play at 105 on... 
December 18th. Because of that and this stadium that, you know, we threw money in for to the tune of probably a billion and a half by the time the roads are done, Raiders get to make the call on the turnaround, and they don't believe they can turn it around from, say, like 10 o'clock at night on Saturday night to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So now the Las Vegas Bowl, which had a great time slot, 7.30 Eastern time with the SEC, Florida against uh, Oregon State, now they're being moved back to 11.30 Pacific time, a 2.30 kickoff in the East. Yeah. It's not, preposterous. I mean, I was going to say, not good for Vegas. Well, Sunday night football and the whole state of Nevada, Sunday night football is worth a lot of money, I think. Of course. That exposure you get in an ISO game in the NFL is massive, and it's not as if people aren't going to come from DeSantisville out here, right? They're going to come from Florida. Oregon State is going to show up for a – morning game or an afternoon game but again that's another eastern time zone slot that you lose now it's funny i'm bashing the eastern time zone like i want them to come here and spend their money i want vegas to get exposure i want nevada to get exposure but i don't want to see your teams in that slot bumping us and by us i just mean the whole the whole state the city i don't care about the giants i hate the giants and that has no that has no effect on my take on the Giants, they're just not that interesting. But, but to your point, everything in New York, we get we get it crammed down our freaking throats all the time. By the way, Giants 21 in DVOA. Yeah. Raiders 22. I think Raiders were as high as top 15 on PFF. Huh? Huh? Different, different takes. So, did I get that all right? 11.30? Yeah. Yes. Correct. And the thirteen and hour, the thirteen hour window to can, turn around the two fields not enough. Of course, it's enough. Uh, it's. I mean, we could obviously do just hours and hours and hours about this. Of this was our issue from the beginning on the show yep. with the stadium deal. Yep. It was never about the money necessarily. It was never about all these other things. It was about why do the Raiders have so much control over events at Allegiant Stadium that are not Raiders games, and why can't we get a little bit of a, of a leeway there? A little bit. And then people made it that we're against the stadium. Like, what are you talking about? This is what we're against. Battleborn Sports Hour in Reno and Las Vegas. 766-1400 is the number at Battleborn Injury Alert. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. Back here, wrapping things up from Twin Peaks. Get on down here. Monday night football, Bucks and Saints. Didn't get to talk a whole lot about it. Maybe we can do that with our good friend, John Von Tobel, at me, JVT, up on Twitter. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I was, Steve, I was serious. I was told Steve I said, screw this, I'm out. It was, uh, it was he real. Huh? He bounced. Uh, did, you, did you contain your children all day with that makeshift fence that you had up? Uh, you, well, out of the kitchen, you're re- referencing it's actually a great makeshift fence because actually, if you really look at it, just a chair turned sideways um, to keep them out of the kitchen. So, yes, uh, successfully out of the kitchen, but um, out of my life, no, still around. Is that what dad life is, is just finding ways to keep your kids away from you? C- kind of. It's just, you know, like the older kid, uh, Diego, um, he, you know, does not have the tendency to just shove things in his mouth. Okay. So, like, it's not so much for him. It's for the young one who's about to turn one year old um, who has a tendency to, if he can pick it up, we'll put it in his mouth. So, okay. it's 
more about keeping them away from those dangerous chemicals. You know what I mean? I, I love them. I don't want them away from me, I swear. Diego's a beast. I'm not sure about that other one. He's still growing. He's still growing. Oh, uh, you, you would actually, uh, not that you would enjoy him more than my other son, but uh, the littlest one is quite the daredevil. He's going to be a climber. Okay. Isabel has sworn up and down that he's going to break a bone. He's fallen off a lot of stuff. He's, uh, he's quite the daredevil, I'll say that. All right, good, good. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight, we didn't talk a whole lot about it, but this is the spot coming down here at Twin Peaks. We also have some Golden Knights tickets to give away, and uh, they're playing well here in the first period. Uh, did you have thoughts on Monday Night Football tonight, though, with the Bucks and Saints? No, not really. Like I kind of so my thought process it was twofold. So one, I had a, like a lean toward Tampa Bay. Like if I was going to bet this because this uh, some spots open six and a half down to three, wanted to bet it. You know, if you just look the simplistic handicap, you know, better quarterback, better defense, better skill position players uh, overall. I think that would all go to Tampa Bay. However, the Bucks have kind of been disappointing. I mean, Adam, I've I've bet on them in some form or fashion each of the last couple of games. Right in the game in Munich, I bet them and actually got there against Seattle, but. After a kind of solid start where they score 14 points in that second quarter against Seattle, fell off a little bit, they barely got there. And then I bet over their team total against Cleveland, a really bad defensive team uh, by a lot of metrics, and they had absolutely nothing after a relatively quick start in that game too. So I feel like we're getting like a little bit of a market discount here with Tampa Bay, but instead I think we're just going to sit back, wait, hope for a really good opening drive for the New Orleans Saints, maybe get a discounted in-game number on the Bucks. You mentioned the word discounts there a couple times. Uh, did you feel like this was a good week for getting some discounts on teams in the NFL? I thought so. So I specifically, I think the two that you talk about discounts because they're like favored teams who are, you know, highly rated by the market generally um, was Philadelphia and San Francisco. And I thought, you know, with Philly specifically, Adam, I, I, you know, I, I thought it was funny. I brought this up on VEASAN when we were talking about this during the week. You know, that was the shortest number they laid since week two against the Minnesota Vikings. Like, they had not laid less than five points in every matchup since then. And yet they're a relatively poor ATS team. I think they were only six and five, something in that range. Maybe just one game of 100 ATS on the season because the market was so high on them. So you get these dis, uh, these disappointing performances from Philadelphia. Market gets kind of watered down. And then, boom, against a Titans team that I thought was pretty you know fraudulent, for lack of a better term. Now you're only laying four. So I jumped on Philly. They got there with relative ease. And the other was San Francisco. San Francisco is a team that's somewhat similar to Philadelphia, laying a lot of big numbers, highly respected by the market, was failing to cover numbers consistently. And so you get Miami, who I think was, again, fraudulent, especially when you talk about Tua Tagovailoa and the way that he has played and the defenses that they had faced up to that point. Laid it with San Francisco, got there too. So I thought it was a good weekend for discounts. I always think it's a good idea to watch the market. And I should also note, Adam, uh, I think that applies to underdogs. You know, for example – you know, we think of discount as laying a cheaper price. The Raiders, right? The Raiders were a team that the market loved for a while, had them as road favorites, and then shifted the dime on them, and they were four-point underdogs against Seattle and two-and-a-half-point underdogs that opened against Los Angeles and got there. So, and of course, we're talking to John Von Tobel from VEASAN here on Cofin Company down at Twin Peaks in Henderson down on Eastern, your spot for Monday Night Football. Uh, the Bengals are starting to get right. Won a few games in a row. They now have... What, three wins over Patrick Mahomes, yep. Joe Burrow does. Interested in taking them for a future spot here? Yeah, you can get them. So, like, consensus is, like, 12-ish to 1. You can get them at 15-1 to 1 at Circa. I bet. I, I took I took 15-1 to 1 with Cincinnati. And I think, too, and I think you'd agree with this, right? So, if you look at the futures market, it would tell you that 
there is a slight gap between Buffalo and Kansas City and then another gap between Kansas City and Cincinnati. And I, I just don't really feel that to be the case anymore, especially when it comes to the Bills. Uh, I don't think the Bills should be rated as highly as the market has them. Josh, uh, Josh Allen has turned into the uh, the dangerous guy that we expected him. And when we say dangerous, it's that he puts the ball in danger a ton, uh, right? Turnover-worthy play rate's insanely high over the last few weeks. And it's not just because of the arm, because he was doing it before he got injured. Uh, and then this defense getting a little beat up. And sure, you know, Von Miller, uh, he's designated to return, right? So there's a chance he comes back. But is he going to be 100%? And is this defense going to be the same? We saw the Detroit Lions have a lot of success against this defense on that game on Thanksgiving. And this Bengals team, as you mentioned, is really rounding into form, man. Like, I like a lot of what they offer. This offensive line, Adam, is the key for me, though. In this game against uh, Kansas City, Joe Burrow was just pressured on 22% of his dropbacks. That's a really low number. This offensive line's getting much better in terms of pass protection. Like Everything's just working well, and the best part is they control their own destiny to an extent. They have a game against uh, the Bills left, and that's at home. They have a game against the Ravens left. They also have mixed in there the Bucks, the uh, Patriots, and the Browns. I, this is a schedule I think sets up nicely for them, and they have the opportunity to control their own destiny, win a game against Buffalo, and take the one seed in the AFC. What's not to like? There you go. What's to like in the college football playoffs? Two matchups are set. Hopefully we won't have to do this very much longer. It looks like we're moving on from it, but the uh, the silliness of the committee. Uh, we've got we've got two games set to go. People are liking the underdog in at least one of these matchups. What, what do you mean the silliness, though, real quick? It's just so dumb. Nobody, What's all dumb? I've been asking for, all I've been asking for for weeks is the exact wording of what the committee is tasked of doing. Oh, okay. So what are you what going is, down the path of four best teams versus what? Right, and then if you if you say, well, look, Alabama is clearly one of the four best teams, which I don't want them in, but I do want I want a definite. The crazy part is people are coming after me of like, why do you want Alabama? You're an Alabama fan. Like, I don't want Alabama in, but I want a definition of what it, what, what they're looking for. Without that, what is it? Because people say, well, Alabama had a chance to win. They could have won the games. Where does it say you have to win a certain number of games in the in the committee's designation? Where does it say it's, uh, it has to be a conference champion? Where does it say anything? It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say best teams either. What are they supposed to do? What is their task? Nobody I mean, can tell me I, this. I mean, I feel like it should be a team that is relatively deserving in terms of taking care of the opportunities in front of them. What is I mean, relatively not- deserving me? Well, like Adam, come on. Like for like so for example, when you look at these teams and what a team like TCU did, is TCU rated better than Alabama? Are they a better team, quote unquote? No. But they had the better resume. They have better wins than Alabama does. So we can make the argument over and over again that Alabama's better, but at what point like you have to play well in the regular season, do you not? If not, then why don't we just at the beginning of the year pick the four best teams and play this thing in December? Okay, John, that, that's what I want. I want a definition because I want TCU in over Alabama. But if it's the best teams, then there's no chance TCU belongs in. Why, but what, why can't is, it be the, what is? Why can't it be the is, four best teams with the four best resumes? Those aren't the same things. But they, they can be, right? You have to have a good resume. And if your resume checks out, then you're one of I, the four best teams. I get this is a silly argument because I want TCU in, but I – but I want to know why Alabama's not because I want the definition. Like it's it's crazy because people... Alabama's resume stinks. Okay, but they're a better team. Sure, but they don't have a good enough resume. You got to well, check what, so the resume box first. So it says what? That. It says that in the 
with the what the committee's tasked with doing? Because yeah, nobody's been able to show me that. Adam, like now you're just arguing to argue, right? You I don't am. need a list. I, I, yes, I want a set definition. I want a tell me before the season. This is what we're looking for. The four That's best teams with the four best resumes. Okay, those are two Pretty different simple. things. No, they're not. Yes, they oh, are. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they're two different things, but you have to fill out one parameter before you get to the other. So the so four best resumes, regardless of the best resume, team is. You have to have a resume that is worthy of being considered for one of the four best spots. And if your resume checks out, right, if you had five teams with all of the same resume, we want the four best teams that have a resume deserving of being in the college football playoff. Like, like I, don't, I don't understand what the argument is. Yeah, I just want a definition. That's it. Right, that's but the that's definition. Not, that's not a definition. That's what you're looking for. But so, but you can't, because to me, Alabama fits. Alabama's then in because I want no, TCU in. No, but I want a definition that tells me why TCU should they, be in. They don't have the resume. What are you arguing? Their resume stinks. They're, Their but, but you said wins. best teams with the best resume. The best team is Alabama. Right, but they don't have the best resume. Their resume stinks. You but, have but to. But TCU fill out doesn't have parameters. the best team. That's what I'm telling. Yes. That's all I'm saying to you, Adam. I know this I'm is saying, a stupid argument. I get it. It's stupid. Right. Well, what that's, you're, that's you're the purposely, point. Adam. You're purposely ignoring the second leg of what I'm telling you. But now yes. you're ignoring the first. No, I'm not. You're not, d dude. You're doing is this TCU on purpose. Is TCU in the top seven teams? Of what? Top eight? Of, of best teams? Of best teams? No, probably top eight. So what? Uh, now, now, because okay, so now, they have a. Because they have a better resume than everybody else. Right, but that, then that like takes out just, the best team part. No, it, Adam, okay. If you had, if Alabama had one loss and they were sitting there with a similar resume as TCU, then they would get in. But they do not check the box of having a decent and or good resume. Thus, they don't get into the college football playoff. You're arguing I, to argue. Good. No, I am. What You're you right. Mean? Because I want a definition. Right. And yes, I'm telling you a, what it is. That's not a definition. If you can't, because now you're ignoring who the four best teams are. So it's four best teams unless one of them Adam, has a better resume. Adam, and then we're ignoring not, who the best teams are. Because then we're taking the eighth best team because they have a better resume than the sixth best team. Right. I, you get you get to be considered if okay. your resume checks out. If you had five teams, like you're ignoring this premise. If you had five teams, all with similar resumes, okay, then the less like the worst of those teams would not get in. Alabama is better than TCU, but their resume does not check out. So they do not get to go in. There are two parameters as a college football playoff team that you need to fill. So Alabama does not fill one of those parameters, okay, but and thus they're not in. Ohio State's also a better team, and I hate Ohio State. They're also a better team than TCU, and they have a very similar resume. Yeah, and they're in. Right, but why are they four? Okay, fine. Like because like yeah, you can quibble with that. That's fine. That's a completely different argument than what we're talking about right now. Right. That's, so I want a definition. That's what I'm getting at, and I know it's stupid. I'm arguing to argue because there's no definition, and there's nowhere it's written. I tell me right. the four best teams, or tell me the four best resumes. One or the other. Why can't it, it can't be, be? Why can't it be both? Because it can't. Because it's like, either you pick the four best, it, or you pick the four best resumes. Of course, it can be both. You just don't want it to be both. No, I, I want TCU in. <laughs> I right. just want a definition so that includes it's them. It's not. It's not. Right, it's and it's both. Check out John Avisa. And this got out of control because it was, I'm. I just want written words of this is how you get in.
to the to the playoff, and you can't do that. Nobody f f has found it. Nobody has shown me it. Nobody has printed it out. It's crazy. But John, where can people check you out? What are the, what are you up to? Uh, at me, JVT, up on Twitter, Visa.com slash JVT for the daily write-ups in the NBA and uh, Harvard Handicappers podcast. And I think I'm on later this week. There you go. We look forward to that. John Von Tobel, great stuff. We are here at Twin Peaks. Come on down. We will not argue about who should be in the playoff because it should be TCU. I just want a definition of that. Game's up. Bucks and Saints. And we've got tickets to VGK.